Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Six Minute Mile podcast. Our guest today is Ridge Davis, a former track athlete who is now one of the top trainers in Hollywood. When Ridge's phone rings, it's often a major producer who desperately needs to get a star in shape for a film that's shooting in 90 days. If that's not cool enough for you, Ridge is also smart, good looking, ripped, personable, and a conservatory trained classical musician. How many dudes in your gym know how to spell Rachmaninoff? We were fascinated in our conversation about how Ridge balances the yin and yang of his music and sports. We also geeked out on his knowledge of how to prepare runners for long-term health and speed. Statistically, about 100% of you listening to this podcast have suffered at least one running injury. So we spent a lot of time milking Ridge for advice on injury prevention and recovery. Very nice of him, since he could have been spending time with much cooler folks in Hollywood and folks who actually pay him for his expertise. Although we are going to send him a sweet six minute mile t-shirt. If you're the jealous type who gets intimidated easily, you may want to skip to the next podcast. But if you're looking for a fresh perspective on health and fitness, Ridge is your man. Enjoy. Out of the big picture question of how, how, how did this journey from concert quality flutist to uh, trainer to the stars evolve and particularly interested in, in early days uh, growing up and how did you manage those two, uh, yeah. two sides of your personality? And, uh, but yeah, I would love to hear about how you develop both those interests at an early age. Yeah, well, um, so it started... Uh, probably in first grade when I was six, um, that's when I first got a flu, but I was always into sports and really athletic and I was on the, the track team as well and really, you know, accomplished with that. So I kept both going um, concurrently and I feel that both kind of have, you know, qualities that require qualities in terms of discipline, focus, um, motivation that kind of play into each other. But at the the same time they both have their yin and yang so i always found that like that music was my escape from fitness and fitness was my escape from music because music is very especially when you're playing at a higher level the stakes are really really high and it's uh it's about almost perfection and so um fitness kind of like got me out of that but then at the same time with fitness it kind of gave me that that zen focus quality um that you don't really get in fitness well you do with yoga but like with strength training and really um, aggressive training. Um, so yeah, I developed both, you know, all growing up and it was, I, you know, for me, it wasn't that big of a, a struggle because I was doing, you know, I equally enjoyed both. I guess the time management aspect of it um, was kind of, you know, actually that really wasn't an issue either just because it was just laid out for me so young, you know, I would go to school, uh, you know, I had like, really really good grades and then after school i would go to track practice after track practice come home do homework and then practice for like two hours and then put that on repeat and then as you get older it kind of changes in terms of like you know things come up in life where you know you're growing right. up and you want to hang out with friends and still like a lot of my friends were around things that i did you know so either in oh, track right. practice or with music um even when i was younger like around sixth grade um I'm from Atlanta originally. I was the youngest person to be in the Atlanta Symphony Youth Orchestra. Oh, very and then cool. Played solo with them. So it's just a lot of things. But on top of that, you know, qualifying with track. So um, I think that, you know, it's just a matter of balancing and just really doing what you love. And you'll find the time 
and effort to balance it. And did you did those friend groups overlap back then? Because I feel I know in college no. I was no, yeah, that's <laughs> they it. absolutely did not. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, that's kind of fun, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been like that forever. Even when um, in college, when I you know, for my undergrad and grad school, my friends that you know were like my colleagues in music, all of them like don't mess with weights or work out, which is a whole nother conversation, just because they're very scared of like, their instrument is their body in a sense. So um, if they don't know what they're doing, they kind of just don't do it at all. And then with fitness, you know, had all my fitness friends who didn't even know what, like, who Rachmaninoff was or who Chopin is, you know, so it's it's really, really funny. And, um, but I like, you know, I like it because it's kind of like the unicorn. It's kind of what makes me, me in a sense. and did you ever uh, throw a party in college and try to bring the groups together and say, okay, <laughs> I, I, I know you guys are each weird in your own ways, but here's, here's the, you know, the common ground. That's so funny. Uh, not, I mean, no, no, I didn't. No. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a total newspaper nerd in college. And then, oh, okay. and then I also played sports, not, not that well, but, but those groups, they would say like, well, why do you hang out with the newspaper nerds? And the newspaper nerds are like, why do you hang out with the, these idiot jocks? And, and, uh, and it's hard to get those groups to overlap, right? Yeah, but I think it's like a, it's a really good test because it makes you stay true to who you are. Because um, uh, there's, like there's such a pressure to feel like you have to act this way if you're into sports or do these types of things if you're into sports and only listen to Great this type point. of music if you... So, I mean, I, even with, you know, being a classical musician, I just don't listen to classical music. I listen to, you know, R&B, right. pop, a little bit of hip hop. You know, I think that's a big misconception. And then even with fitness, it's not, you know, I'm not just like a, uh, what do they call it? A, a gym rat, per se. Right, 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 right. I just know everything except gym stuff. I'm like, relatively, you know, I'm intelligent and cultured and all that. So it's good to teach and tool to keep you grounded in terms of what your beliefs are, what what you love in life great and as a parent of three kids please tell me that your parents had to pester you to to practice or Uh, please please don't tell me this was just you know innate and that you woke up every morning wanted to work your butt off well before so when i was i think four my parents i was doing piano lessons first before flute and um i hated 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 it like so much i would dread going to a piano practice or lessons and create all these excuses <laughs> not to go um and then but I was I mean I was naturally inclined with it but I just didn't like it and my parents were just so proud that like that they bought me a baby grand piano wow I was like five years old and I was like okay I guess I'll keep practicing right. and it was beautiful but then you know um the Olympics actually happened in Atlanta in 96 um and then I remember seeing it on TV. I mean, we went to a couple of events, but you know, the opening ceremonies that we were right. seeing on TV and they had an orchestra on the field. I remember, I, I don't, cause I wasn't well-versed in class music at the time, but sure. I don't remember what the piece is, but I remember there's a big flute solo and I was like, whoa. Really? And like, that, I don't even know, I don't, I don't remember who it was. I have to do some research, maybe I can figure it out. But um, yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna play that. That's so beautiful, so cool. It was so different from all the other instruments. Right. Um, and I told my mom and my mom, I was like, yeah, I want, you know, I think that's what I want to play. So she bought like a cheap Yamaha just, you know, because she just bought a baby grand. So she's like, I'm not going to go all out on this right, one. Right, right, and right. then, you know, um, 
I was playing around with it, it was, came pretty naturally to me. And then, you know, all of a sudden fifth grade band rolls around and it's like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I, you know, got a, a private teacher from the get go and had lessons and just skyrocketed from there. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> now are, are your parents musically inclined? Is that how this started? No. Well, my mom sort of is not real. She didn't have like a professional training in it. My aunt was really proficient in piano, but now my mom a little bit, but my dad, no. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. And is, um, was your, was your dad an athlete or is your dad an athlete? Uh, my dad, no, he wasn't an athlete, but he's very, but he actually, but he works out quite a bit though. So like, I remember every morning he would like have his, you know, fitness routine. And I was always looking at him like, okay, calm down. Right. <laughs> what were you trying to impress? But yeah, so he, yeah, but he was like, so yeah, he wasn't an athlete, but he was very consistent in terms of like keeping up with his physique. And he looks, I think he's, what is it? I think he's 76 today and he still looks really, really good. So uh, he has to, it's a bad reflection on your practice, right? If you, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and so you're, you're, you're being modest, but you, um, but you're on the track, you were pretty fast, right? You were pretty accomplished. Yeah. I was, I was really, yeah. I would say in hindsight, I was better than I thought I was, but in Atlanta, it was just so, or in Georgia in general, like, they just right. like spit out these like monsters yeah, 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 yeah. of like yeah. speed. So I mean, relatively in the bigger scheme of things, yeah, I was fast. But in terms of the competitive aspect of it, I was probably like, you know, top eighty percent. Like you know, yeah, top twenty uh, percent there. But yeah, because so, um, I remember there's some of my friends even competed for the Olympic trials and whatnot. Wow. Um, and it's yeah, so it's, it was crazy. I never got to that to that level. Uh, but mostly sprints, or did you creep up the middle distance too? Or did you do oh, 800 no. meters? No. no. Gosh, no. I mean, obviously, when you start, when I started, they have you, you have to do the longer distance runs, right, right. Like 800 and 400. But once you prove yourself to be a sprinter, you stay in that lane. And that's where I like to be. That's just fine. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So most of our. So we, we've got, we launched this newsletter about two years ago, and it really kind of took off beyond what we had expected. It's called Six Minute Mile. So it's mostly geared toward uh, endurance runners uh, or endurance athletes, mostly runners, some cyclists. But one of the things, every time we publish an article about in the newsletter about, hey, here's why runners can't ignore the gym, it's, mm -hmm. it's always one of the most clicked things. So we, one of the things we yeah. have feedback on. So but explain that from your perspective of why is that important for runners to, to get in some strength work? You can't just go out. I mean, as a runner, I used to always think, Oh, I, why would I need to go to the gym for lower body? No, I'm out running every day. So yeah. but why, but why talk about those imbalances that come up and why is that still important to get in the gym? Yeah. So with running in general, um, it's very aerobic and you know, it's easy for you to lose muscle tissue just from the long distance run. You're not feeling yourself, um, obviously on those long runs. Um, and what happens is a lot of uh, pressure on the hip joint, a lot of times from the rotation, from the contralateral movement, right? Um, sometimes the spine can get a little bit wonky in the lower back. So if, you have, if you're doing strength training, the purpose of strength training is to create stability in the joints and strength around the joints to help you uh, with those long distance runs. Um, and so even with a lot of, with runners, what I do is a lot of, um, 
glute medius work okay. so the top of the glutes because that's very important for your knee stability because a lot of times people you know people's knees being a runner or not they're gonna right. have like little aches and tweaks with them but what they don't realize is um it's not necessarily the knee itself that is you know getting all the work it's actually a weakness in your ankle and your your hip so um mostly yeah the ankle is a lot harder to fix in a short period of time but you always want to make sure you're strengthening the peroneals and creating an arch. But the hip is an easier go-to for um, alleviating knee pain. So a lot of um, with the I, I don't know if you know the mini loop resistance band, um, putting that right below your knees, going for the monster walks, doing a lot of oh, okay. external rotation of the hip, um, because a lot of times when you're running, your knees just coming what they call hip flexion. It's just coming up and down, up and right, down, right, right. which shortens your hip flexor. And your hip flexor actually starts on your femur and goes all the way to your lower back, right? Mm, okay. Um, and people don't really realize that. That's, yeah. So, um, yeah. So if you can really release that with your quads and really strengthen the glute, that'll help balance the pelvis out. So you're not getting as much because what's happening side so and i'll back up a little bit so no no this is great stuff so if you're shortening your hip flexor right it's going to pull on the quadricep which the quadricep attaches right to the knee right okay. so what we want to do is and it's making the pelvis tilt forward so uh what we want to do is strengthen the glute to kind of help neutralize that pelvis and alleviate that knee pain so that's one reason why cross you know cross training in general is really really important um and then also too with runners abs is ideal because with your gait you're obviously rotating a little bit like right. getting your obliques um to fire properly and even to upper you know your upper body as well is really important i know as a sprint i mean it's pretty much the same mecha running mechanics but with a sprinter your power comes from obviously your hips but also to your stride and if your stride is weak in terms of pulling back with your lats it, you compromise a few seconds, right? And even with a runner, in terms of getting the uh, the efficiency of your your gait and your run, having that string from each stride is important, and it's it's full body. And what are, and so, that's kind of a long of an answer. But no, no, <laughs> I, no. I, I we trust me, our readers eat that stuff up. But and so, what are your thinking about uh, glutes? What are your go to exercises? You, you mentioned kind of the monster walks or bands, but but what else? Yeah. Do you have? Um, so if you're, if you're going body weight, I would say a traditional glute bridge. So what that is, okay. is you're lying face up, feet flat on the ground, um, and then you're just driving your hips up and then back down. Um, but the biggest thing to focus on in that, as with anything, is just making sure you're keeping uh, your, your abs engaged, meaning your abs, you're kind of squeezing your stomach in, tucking your uh, tailbone under while doing that hip raise. Because a lot, you know, with anything, form is important. So a lot of times what happens is when people do that, um, they'll feel some lower back pain. And it's because they're not bracing their core as much as they need to um, on those hip thrusts. So as you know, there's, and that's another thing with exercises. I think, honestly, any, all exercises are good. It's just, but all exercises can be bad, right? It's just a matter of the execution and really um, knowing what you're going for and what the compensations are in your body and uh, attacking them that way. And that, what about, do you like uh, one-legged squats, things like that? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. The thing is, a lot of people aren't prepared for them, uh, right? So, because um, what happens a lot of times, so you'll just have to make sure you're 
holding on to a bar or something in front of you, but even more so, um, a lot of times the knee will collapse inward to the midline of the body, right? Called knee valgus. Um, and that's, you know, when the knee is collapsed in like that, it's putting a lot of excess torque or just torque in general on the knee. And that's not good. And nor, and that's another thing that happens too naturally for some people, especially females because they have wider set hips. Right. But um, when you're running, that can be a problem if your body's already predisposed to kind of having that inward um, cave in the knee. So, um, so to answer your question, yeah, one-legged squats are great to train if you're consciously making the effort to push your knee out while executing that move to kind of that, retrain your nervous system to have your knee push outward. On that each, makes sense. On each leg. Um, I think that inward knee collapse is also a big cause of ACL injuries, right? Yeah. I think, as you said, particularly among women, it's, um, you know, it's a big issue. But, uh, yes. but, I, but I think you can also, I think the new studies that have come out on this said that, that the good news is that with proper training, you can reduce the incidence of an ACL by a big number, like 70, 80% yeah. or something. 100%. Yeah. So even, and what people don't realize too, is hamstring strength as well um, will help with that as you know, with the knee stability. People don't think about that as right. either. Yeah, you don't but the hamstring actually attaches to the back of the knee and, and it attributes to a lot of its stability as well. And so what do you like for hamstring moves? Um, even, let's see, body weight wise, if you just, you can do actually the same move actually works hamstring as well, the glute bridge. Okay, um, good. Just making sure that with that particular move, you're pushing the weight through your heels, right? and not okay. through the toes. Because once you go to the toes, it's gonna go straight to your quads and hip flexors, which like I said earlier, we don't want to necessarily tighten up. Right. Well, and runners, if I'm thinking about this correctly, typically have stronger front of the leg, right? The quads yeah. tend to be much stronger than hamstrings and glutes for runners, exactly. for distance runners. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so it's already, you know, it's already pretty tight, already used, so why make it tighter? Is, is a big thing. So getting right. the posterior chain is, and actually when you're running, you should be extending the hip anyway. So the knee should be pushing back. You should be squeezing the glute a little bit on each stride, right? So a lot of times people get anterior focus and they're just running chest collapse a little bit. And right, right, right. And flex but that, but your chest should stay open. Your hip should extend open as well um, on each stride. And even for distance runners, that's important to think even about. For, yeah, because yeah. that's going to give you a bigger bigger stride and more bang for your buck yeah. in terms of energy as well. No, you watch those elites and that the hips are really right under the upper body. They've got such great posture when they're running. It's, I think it's, yeah. it's, more, it's more efficient too, I think, right? Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. And then um, and that you, you realize, of course, we're, we're, we're milking like a $1,000 one-on-one personal training session out of no. here for the, in, on the podcast. So, uh, but, but talk to us about ankle strength. We don't, we don't read as much about that in the running press or distance running press, but, but talk to us about why yeah. that's important too. Well, I mean, think about it. Your ankles are supporting your entire body. Yeah. And, and then they're essentially the structure of, the skeletal structure of all of holding your body upright right so a lot a lot of people have even from being overweight you'll notice some people um their arches or their feet kind of cave wow. inward called eversion um and that's just you know the the lack of strength in their the the outer muscles of their shins 
right, there's, I'm not going to go into all like the, that makes pure, sense. Uh, the muscles there. And then, so, yeah, so um, if those are collapsing, what you'll notice is you're going to have um, balance issues for sure. And then being unable to activate different parts of your hamstring and glute. Right. Okay. So I know for me personally, um, my left heel, my left arch is a little flatter than my right. Huh. And whenever I'm doing anything, even like it can be a single leg move or even a squat, I notice that there's, there's a compensation there. Or if I'm doing a single leg move on the left foot, my balance, I have to be very cognizant of my balance and what I'm focusing on. Um, so it's, it's key for um, runners as well. And, and, and even with, when people make shoes or brands make shoes, um, arch, there's a whole thing about arch support and not arch support, but, right, right, um, right. you know, but I would say you, you know, for, to make it short and sweet for most traditional like strength moves, you want to arch in your, in your, in your foot, right. Whenever you're doing a squat or deadlift, okay. you want to maintain that because ultimately that's going to prevent you from having that knee valgus or your knees collapsing in. Ah, uh, right, right. Because if that, if that collapses, that draws your knee down and in. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, a, a common cue that you'll hear me say or, or most trainers say or should say uh, for squats or even deadlifts or any leg movements is, you know, weight should stay on the back of the feet and on the outside of your feet, right? And if, if you just think of the weight shifting to the outside of your feet, it automatically um, stimulates the muscles on the bottom of the feet to open up and to create that arch. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, because I also think a lot of distance runners tend to, if you, if you watch them doing air squats, for instance, they tend to wind up on their toes, oh, yeah. right? Or toward the ball of their feet, where, yeah. and again, I think that's because those front muscles, they're so used to engaging those, right? Like, okay, that's my exactly. comfortable spot getting forward, where exactly. you're trying to work the stuff that you're not normally working, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's runners from what I've clients that I've worked with it worked with um, runners and dancers are the ones know. that because dancers are always on their toes and like, you know, being agile there. Um, and there are whenever I do a squat, it's always a constant, you know, thing of like, yep, sit back. And I talk to them about it. They're like, yeah, we're taught like the complete opposite because it's one, there's like a lot of things with the line of the body. And yeah, you, right. But yeah, so runners and dancers kind of have that proclivity. Interesting. And then think about your ankle comments. So, uh, and how do you think about engaging calf muscles for a runner? I, I feel like you don't read or see much about calf muscles. And it, um, I, don't know, I don't know if that's how sprinters think about that or, um, you know, um, or how distance runners I, think about that. Yeah. I mean, I really, so honestly, the calves, if you've ever done like a calf release, 98, 99% of people have tight calves. Yes. Just from day-to-day -day work, right? So my philosophy, I never really trained calves directly because I feel like they're going to get worked regardless. I think people um, have to focus more on releasing their calves. And that, in turn, will allow your calves to strengthen more. Because if your muscles are tight, there's no room for them to properly, for the muscles, to, muscle fibers to properly contract and release, Yeah. So, um, and calves, if calves are, you know, tight, they're not going to have that ability. And that's why, honestly, a lot of people have smaller calves because they're tight, number one, and they're unable mm -hmm. to engage them. Um, so, yeah, I would focus on, you know, just getting a, if you have a, a foam roller or a lacrosse ball um, and just placing that right into your calves, sitting, you know, on the floor 
you'll and just you know exploring different angles moving your legs side to side moving your ankle or your foot in a circle clockwise counterclockwise and you'll notice that yeah you should not be trying to strengthen <laughs> your, your no that's a great point no and that and that could lead to plantar fasciitis right that that's oh, yeah. a really common running injury and i've i've had that yeah. and all you think of this pain in your the bottom of your foot but it all starts lower calf is my understanding and um it, it could be yeah it could be calf and um sometimes too it's your piriformis that's pull that's pulling on the hamster it's like a chain of events because i always tell people when when you have a pain or something happens it's usually not just one thing uh, yeah it's because your body works in chains um i've seen something i remember when i was first like learning about um fascial tissue and right. you can have like something you know a, a pain in your plantar fasciitis could stem actually just from your your left uh heel could stem all the way from your right shoulder you wow know? wow wow yeah so it's just that's how deep the, the fascial chains run well so. and i'm glad you you mentioned injury prevention because that's i think that's a big part of your practice right helping people yes. to avoid and thinking about people you train in general or for for endurance athletes more particularly overall what are your philosophies on um injury prevention um so i would say one number one is rest and recovery first because if you're going into a session where your your nervous system isn't fired off completely you're fatigued um you're essentially going in compromise right and you're not able to really um, do what your body can do optimally and it's there your your uh, risk of injury is probably like 40 50 percent higher um, so rest is key and rest is also key too just because um, a lot of inflammation in your body if you're already working out with inflamed muscle tissue that you're just gonna either tear the muscle fiber or it's just gonna exacerbate the inflammation right, right. so um, so that's one which is really important and it's, it's honestly overlooked because it's i think in today's society uh we're in this mindset of you know just work 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 more 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 like rest is sort of the week and you know but right in, in all actuality the rest is where the, the magic happens <laughs> um the rest is where you're going to really go leaps and bounds and it's something that i'm working on too in terms of just really giving myself more rest uh and also to stretching and recovery because um that because you have to think when you're working out your body you're actually tearing your body down right in order right. to have a what they call super compensation to kind of have your body adapt and become stronger but it only adapts and becomes stronger through the rest right so if you're compromising your rest you're Got only it. making yourself weaker and that's how people kind of have a misconceived notion of like yeah, I just can't, like, like my musician colleagues, like, right. yeah, no, no, I can't work out because I'm going to get injured. Like the last time I did, like I got injured, but what they don't realize is like, yeah, they work out, but they're not one fueling properly. They're not recovering right, properly. Right. They're going back to practicing and like only getting four hours of sleep. So, um, so that's, I think that's the biggest pillar, um, for injury prevention. And then two, obviously, um, you know, making sure that you're knowing your body, making sure your form is correct. Um, and then pillar three, stretching and foam rolling and doing, um, you know, uh, like massages, uh, a good massage. So 
And that's a whole nother thing. Like right. people think the massage, it's not the massage where you're paying a lot of money to have at a spa or lotion right, to feel relaxed you. No. or something, right? Yeah. yeah. No, you should actually still be sore literally after a good massage. Like, cause what they're doing is really uh, digging through those adhesions that happen right. and getting all that lactic acid out of your muscle tissues. Um, so yeah, you, it's, if it's not like that, then you know, you're just having a spa day. <laughs> right. right. Man, Manny's petties and a little rub down. Right. Right. Uh, uh, and do you love yoga or can you accomplish 90% of what you want to accomplish with stretching and foam rolling and being thoughtful about that? So yeah, yoga is great, but it comes down to this. I think it's more of like a, like a, I don't think of it more of like a physical release of, and I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash, but I think of it more of like a mental, like uh, mental release and really calming the mind down, right? Through movement. Agreed. Right? But I don't think the movements themselves are necessarily going to open the pathway to better mobility and stretching. You're doing a few stretches to the movement, your mind, your style, whatever it is. Right, right. But um, I'm more a big fan of like, of conscious release conscious stretching where you're holding a stretch for two minutes focusing on your breath um and 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 then also to mobility work so and and getting into that stretching and mobility work are two different things so with stretch you know so mobility yeah describe that yeah yeah so mobility is your ability to move in a full range of motion actively right so you're able to control every single so say with your uh, with your shoulder, moving your shoulder in a circle all the way around, you're able to control, go full range and full capability of your shoulder and control every single degree of that. Stretching is just being able to put your hand in a position and hold it, you know, and have, you know, a wall or someone right in that right, position. Right. And your, your, the muscle fibers can lengthen that in, to that degree. But your ability to control your your uh, your your arm or whatever limb to get to that degree is mobility. If that makes that sense. That makes sense. Absolutely yeah. right. So uh, mobility, in a sense, is strength training to help your body move better. Hmm. If you want to think about it that way. I like that thought. That's good. And then, what is um, what what are your personal fitness goals at this point? I mean, obviously, you have to be fit to do your job, and nobody wants to go to a you know yeah a a, a, a a chubby trainer right so but but, <laughs> but but what are your personal goals i mean actually my personal goals are mobility actually yeah great. um and obviously you know um composition you know those go up and down in terms of you know the way you want the, your your body fat percentage ratio to muscle right. mass ratio like right now i just finished like like eight weeks ago, I finished like a lean bulk and now I'm doing like a cut. So you're always doing one of the other type of things right now I'm cutting, but I think in the bigger scheme of things for health and just, you know, improving my performance, definitely mobility is a big, um, a big priority for me right now. And I'm, you know, and learning about it and really, um, digging into it. So I'm enjoying it. Good for you. And then, yeah. Do you do other things? Do you play volleyball or mountain bike or uh, ski or play basketball or there uh do you, or is that a little bit like your musician friends <laughs> you don't want to break your hand playing basketball you know for me no well for, honestly for me it's just 
I'm doing I'm doing so many things right now that like, but what I, I want to get back. Thought about this last week. I want to get back into tennis because I used to do that yeah, great. Um, quite a bit. And then also too, I mean, I'll do because I still do sprints and running for my cardio. But right. in terms of just like something completely different, just to kind of refresh my my mind, tennis would be something I want to get back into. I think it's just because I saw uh, there's you know the U.S. Open going was going on, right, and right. It, like it refreshed my memory. <laughs> no, and there's such great storylines in that tournament this year. That was yeah, that was, oh that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what are the goal for most of your clients? I mean, I think, you know, some of the, some of the press articles have been written on you uh, talk about some celebrity clients, which I'm, you know, uh, I'm sure my wife has three hours of questions she wants to ask you about. Ah! That, but, um, but what are the goals of most of your clients? So, so, well, I guess maybe we'll separate them into two categories, maybe sort yeah. of celebrity actors, models, do they just come to you and say, Oh my gosh, I've got a, uh, or we start shooting in, in three weeks and I'm out of shape. What can we do? Or is there that yeah, usually, kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. So it depends on their line of work. So usually yeah, for actors, it's more so um, you have a deadline. And I think the, the production company usually sets that in terms of when, you know, what they have to look like by production. And then you will work Oh, you're with kidding. Them. Is that, is that in their contract? Well, I mean, like they'll, the producers will talk to you like, this is kind of like what they want. Okay the person like what they're going to have what kind of scenes they're going to be in um so what needs to be popping essentially yeah, um, yeah, so you yeah. kind of and they kind of ask you know what kind of time frame do you think that'll be possible by and then you kind of negotiate it but uh, normally it's you know three months is a good i love working with like a three two and a half three months of work is a really really good transformation for most people but so that's mainly for actors models it's more so just to stay lean and yeah. um, keeping them on top of their nutrition is a big thing and making choices that way um and then and then tv personalities kind of the same thing yeah just staying you know can't you know they are they always say like the camera adds 10 extra pounds so like yeah so i need to be 10 pounds less always i'm like okay whatever right. <laughs> not the right healthy approach but yeah. And so, so what is, um, so, but am I understanding that producers will get in touch with you sometimes and say, Hey, Rich, you know, you know, whoever it is, actor XYZ really needs to be going to have four, you know, shirtless scenes on the beach with the leading woman. Um, so he's got to look like, like this. To some degree. I, yeah. To some degree. Like, it's just like, they want to see what you can do. But they give you an idea of like the exposure of like that person's physique sure. usually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's cause some, and then a lot of times what I'll do is like I'll have them training with a vet, like in terms of what they're gonna be having on. Cause a lot of times when they're filming, it's it's a tedious process. Um, right. They're right. doing it for hours. So it's more so to the endurance of doing all the stuff and the movements. Cause with the actor, they're doing, they're memorizing their lines, their placements. So the last thing they wanna do is like be tired and like, Trying to you know, uh, lug their yeah. body through a whole day of filming, so um, so it's to know like, are they going to be wearing a lot of things? So a lot of times with actors, you'll put like vests on them, it's like weighted vests, like 40, 50, sometimes sixty pound vests, just to get them used to carrying their weight around that weight around if they're oh, having very interesting. You know, yeah. equipment. So yeah, and, and then what is a what's a ninety day? build up to a deadline look like what was what, what the typical program if you, if so you know if it's you know matt damon he's just got to look pretty good 
for this upcoming? Yeah, so, so I usually break it down into smaller goals, like by like six weeks, six to eight weeks usually. Um, and it really just, I just take it phase by phase because each phase is going to be so different. Normally what happens is um, it depends on where they're starting, right? Because sometimes they come from a, a role where they're like really big, overweight, or maybe they're small. Oh, right. So it depends on where they're starting. Right. Um, so usually, so for an example, if um, even if they're on the uh, smaller end, I'll usually do like a like a small like two three week cut just to help them lose extraneous water weight, body fat, and then we go into full lean bulk um, for the probably the next you know the next till the end of the eight or ten three weeks, months. Yeah. But for someone that's starting off, it's just it's different each person in terms of where their body composition is, and. But I imagine you, you need to be like, you know, rabbi, parish priest, psychiatrist to these guys sometimes. Not everybody loves to work out, right? You love to work out. A lot of our, most of our readers do, but. Uh, yeah. Well, I would say like what I've learned from working with like people like celebrities like that is just that they're people too, you know, like, because I remember the first, very first time I worked with someone of that, na- that, that stature, I was like nervous. Of course, yeah. Guy. Like. Are they going to be like, like it or like, I can make the program this, that. But, and then when I got into the session, I like threw, like had it for all that I had planned out the door and just go back to what I do normally with my clients. And that, you know, was, you know, the, the fundamentals of strength training and like really getting your mind and muscle connection and the fundamentals. So every, so there, my point is like, there are people too. And even to the, the psychological aspect, they have the same, even though they have every seemingly they have everything right. at their disposal they have the same issues that normal people do <laughs> so you have to have that same conversation of accountability of like how are we going to make this work you know come on let's keep it together so i remember the year uh, i ran the new york marathon a long time ago and and um it was the year that diddy ran the marathon and oh. they did a great it was mtv or someone did a great great documentary on him um, on his training and it was, it was kind of what you'd imagine you'd be like super awesome for three or four days get all the runs and get up early and then you know it'd be like an opening of a club or something you're like ah, i'm just gonna swing by <laughs> and then yeah you know, then, then he's like out till five in the morning and but you know and then they show his trainers be like come on dude you gotta reel this back in come on we can do this you're, the marathon's in six weeks uh, but he yeah. did i think i think he ran yeah. sub four marathon that year oh wow yeah yeah it was really impressive wow. Yeah, wow. record record crowds in uh, in the Bronx. Like you know, usually the Bronx is a little quiet, right? And the Bronx was going yeah. off, and it was really really fun. Made it great <laughs> for all the runners because there were so many more people up there than right. Um, That's so, incredible. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. There's uh, there's some really cool documentary footage on him, but uh, huh. but he got his work, and I I think they overplayed the uh, hey I'm gonna party my way to the marathon thing. Yeah, because that's more interesting than you know a famous guy just. Well, what anyway, I would say but. too is that um, I think people have like with celebrities or regular people in general with a fitness journey um, that people have this notion that it's going to be easy from point A to point B and that it's just going to yeah. be like smooth sail. Like I just do what you say. I've had this before. Like yeah, just tell me what you want me to do. Right. Tell me what you know, and I'll do it. Right. No, it's I always I'm like, okay, I'll do it, but I know in the back of my head it's not going to happen that way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but I always tell people like know that you know there are going to be mess ups there are going to be points where like you know it's not going to go the way you want it to go or how you think it should be going 
Um, and that's part of the process, you know. Right. It's all yeah, about plateaus. It's the, and... Yeah, it's about the big game and the bigger picture. Um, and even when I work with my with work with clients, I always tell people like some clients I like keep track of their weight or different measurements. But it's more so with anything, the average week over week of what you're doing. Right. Um, so right. whether it's your weight or how many hours you do, you've done cardio or, or whatever it is, um, I like to look at the average. So say with your weight, for example, your weight's going to, no matter what, it's going to fluctuate up and down because of so many different factors, right? Sure. In terms of like, uh, 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 like hydration, glycogen in your muscles that are making your muscles heavier a little bit. You could have more blood flow. Uh, right. Well, females are periods so uh, it's going to fluctuate up and down but what you what is a better gauge is looking at the overall average week over week and if that and say if you're trying to lose weight if you you know lose about like 0.8 to 1 percent week over week you're doing great um, in terms of your average week over week and it's the same too maybe a little smaller but it's the same if you're trying to do like a lean bulk to make sure that you're not um, putting on excess fat you know make, making sure that your weight your average weight goes up like about a half percent to oh, 0.6% uh, week over week is a good, good gauge. Because what happens is in the beginning, when people start a process, um, the first two weeks, two and a half weeks max is where people are going to be the most motivated and your body's going to be super responsive to, it doesn't even matter if you're like the worst trainer or the best trainer, you're going to, something's going to change in those first two weeks, no matter what the program is. But the key is keeping that consistency of the, the weight loss averagely on average week over week for 10 weeks to come. That's, that's where the, the juice comes in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So. All right, we, we promised ourselves we weren't gonna quiz you on uh, celebrity names, but there's one we had to, had to ask you about, and I don't know if we understood this correctly, but did you do some work with Usain Bolt? No, no. Oh, no, no. all right. <laughs> there was some. There's something on social media or something that. Uh, yeah. Tying you guys no. together. I'm like, well, how cool is yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there was a um because I'm a Puma sponsored athlete. Oh, so, so there's a connection there. Puma. Yeah. So have you ever met him through that? Yeah. So so I met him through that, and um I think it was him, Usain Bolt, and um Adriana Lima were the two Great. that were on. Um, at that particular, event. yeah. So yeah, that was that's the really and funny. Was he uh, was he a nice guy? So, oh my god, super nice, super super it. humble, and just like yeah, just like so grounded, so grounded. Did he yeah, it was you, like a dream for me being a like a track right a sprinter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he ask you about your high school times? No. Well, listen, I wasn't. I wasn't going to embarrass myself in my time for my sprint. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't quite crack, uh, you know, nine two or wherever he is. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's. Uh, I always love to hear when when a, a famous athlete or someone is is actually a nice person and you know. Yeah. Good to regular folks. He's. I remember his motto was just like everything about actually what I just said consistency, yeah, yeah. um, and not letting it, you know his background in terms of like him his upbringing and he didn't have the fanciest equipment or track equipment growing up, but still made it work and still you know was creative yeah. and just like hustled and um you know became a world-class athlete yeah good for him um all right so what uh what what did you eat so far today or what are you planning to eat today are you are yeah. you super religious and disciplined about this or do you uh do you have your bad days too um i mean i used to be 
stricter, but now I'm living more like a ba- like more balanced. So balanced meaning I'll have like on a weekend, like a meal or two that are, I just don't think about what's going in my body. Good. But I would say for the most part, probably an 80, 20, 80% clean, 20%, um, you know, cheese and enjoying life. Because I feel like I used to do uh, compete in a couple of um, men's physique bodybuilding shows. Uh, okay. Uh, like it was six years ago, maybe. And so it taught me, you know, which I'm glad I did. It taught me a lot in terms of like how the body changes, how it responds. Um, yeah. But it requires that, you know, probably the hardest, like most disciplined thing I've ever done in terms of just like committing to something for like half a year. Um, and what, is that just 90% of your calories come from protein kind of thing? Uh, it varies. It varies. Yeah. But mostly from protein. But then you, what I was doing for one show was like carb cycling. So you have ah. a four day kind of split and you undulate between those days between high carb, low carb and medium carb. So like okay. high carb would be like uh, consuming 800 grams of carbs for, and it's usually once or twice a week, a high carb day. And then your medium carb is usually around 350 to 400. And then a low, low carb day is like a hundred car, hundred grams of carbs. Got it. So, but so yeah. now just kind of, uh, maintaining fix fitness and trying to get better at what you do. What, what, what are your, what, what's your, what are your staple clean foods? Are you just a, like a sweet potato guy or something or. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So staple clean food. So, um, I'm a big fan of having shakes in the, and not just like with a protein powder, but like making like a, a clean shake in the morning. Like I had one this morning. Um, it was with uh, 0% plain fat Greek yogurt. Okay. And then I had uh, a banana, uh, berries like blackberries, strawberries, uh, raspberries, and then uh, almond milk, plain Love almond milk, milk, unsweetened. Love um, it. Yeah. And then that was it. And that's actually, you know, a lot of times people think shakes you have to put the protein powder and I'm not, a, you know, I'm taking a break from having that in the morning just to give your organs some sort of reprieve. Um, but you still with the Greek yogurt, you're getting in about, I had about 400, what is it? Like, yeah, 400 grams of Greek yogurt in there. And it was, you know, gave me 40 grams of protein. Yeah. Great. So. And then what during the day, lunch and dinner, are you uh, like salmon? Oh, yeah. So for lunch, um, it's very, so my main go-to protein sources are chicken, uh, salmon, which is higher in fat yeah. and, uh, 90, uh, 93% lean ground Turkey. Okay. Um, and those are usually my go-tos for protein. Um, and if people, cause I have quite a bit of vegan clients too, but, um, oh, right. vegan clients, um, having tofu is one or egg whites is right. a good one. It's not quite vegan, but yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. but um, I'm thinking about a particular client. He like he's vegan, but he he's like also that's his cheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then also too, I'm trying to think. Uh, fish. So lots of white fish, like halibut and sea bass, things like that. And tuna, but tuna's tricky because of the mercury. So I would say not right. having too much of that. Maybe like once or twice a week, spread out three days apart. And, and when you when you fall off the wagon on a weekend, is that uh, like the taco truck on the street corner? Or like, what, what are your indulgences? Oh, no. so my thing is, I, I have quite a couple. I mean, I really like food. Good man. Um, and my, probably it's between pizza or donuts. There's like, a wow. Randy, I don't know if you know Randy's Donuts in LA. No, amazing. we don't have those in Boston, but yeah. You'll have to. Ugh. Oh my god! Oh well, in Boston, I went to undergrad in Boston. In Boston, the uh, Mike's Pastries. Oh, that's off the charts. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, no, yeah, that's our world. Um, that's that's yeah. that, that that's worth gaining two pounds after dinner for. It so is. Oh my god, I I would always go to the North End just for that. Yeah. Um, and then what else? And that's pretty much it. And then sometimes dim sum. Right, but right. it's a little MSG. A little blue, but it's really good. So yeah, those are kind of yeah. my go-to's. If I'm having like a cheat like or a treat, we'll say a treat, y'all. Yeah. All right, there you go. And <laughs> um, and for runners, you know, for years and years, runners are told eat carbs, eat carbs, eat carbs. But what what do you like if if you've got a client who's training for the LA Marathon? What what do you what's your recommendation for sort of a staple in the middle of your training, forty to fifty miles a week? Let's say, what what's what is a, a good diet? in a normal day look like for that client oh for that are you saying for carbs or just in general just in general i mean in i general. feel like yeah they used to tell runners just just eat carbs just eat lots of bagels and pasta and rice and 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 now yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like it's more you know more thoughtful more balanced but, but what do you so for somebody training for the marathon what do you recommend um well i would say for sure i mean it depends it's hard it depends on where they're at in terms of, i can't get the specific numbers right just out of the blue but for sure, just making sure you're getting enough protein in because like I said earlier, that their their body's gonna be in a catabolic state constantly. So having enough protein, I would say at least a serving to a serving and a half of protein, whatever that is, in each meal. So three each times meal. a day. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, so about three times a day. And then for sure, I would have um, all your carbs, I would say have before uh, 5 p.m. And then Why is that? start just to give your body some, so in terms of recovery, giving your body some reprieve. Um, so it's not having to digest all that food overnight because that's part of the, your, your nervous system calming down. Uh, if it's having to work to digest food, it's not really able to, to fully turn off for you to have a good night's sleep. Um, and then I would say, I would like to start, especially for runners, uh, start your carbs the, the better. Mm. Um, so, I would say, like, I love uh, red potatoes. are probably a, re a really, really good starchy carb. And they're high in vitamin C as well. Um, and then around, I would say, right after your run, um, having, you know, that's a good time to have your simple sugars or your simple carbs, like, so fruits. Got it, got it. But but less so wheat pasta. You're not as huge a fan. Yeah, I mean, I would say depending on the distance of the run for the longer runs, I would have, you know, pasta, but for more so medium type right. of runs, I would just do more of a starchy part, like red potatoes. Makes sense. But yeah, pasta. Um, but yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. I would say pasta for sure. Um, earlier, it's going to sound weird earlier in the morning, ah. early in the day, and then having the starchier carbs later for that, for the, um, for the longer run. Got it. Um, all right, we've we've gone over our promised time, but we want to hit you with a couple oh. a couple very. You've been so generous, but we want to hit you with a couple quick questions we've done with a couple. Of, we've been lucky to have some some good guests so far in our podcast, uh, but we'll hit you with a couple quick questions just to you know try to fill out the, the overall personality picture of Bridge Davis. But uh, uh, how about uh, how about we we'll start with uh, your morning workout guy, middle of the day, evening workout? Oh, definitely morning. Really? For morning, yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. People are usually split on that, so that's all right. Good to know. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Oh, oh, um, I'm to think. You better say something with one of your clients in it, I guess. But no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say it's hard because I've seen so recently. I've seen so many movies, so it's hard for me to remember one. But 
I would say one that sticks out is um, the bat. The I can't remember Batman. The one with Heath Ledger. Oh right, 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 right. Is yeah. it Batman Returns or I forget I, the exact title? I, of I it. think that's Batman Returns. Yeah. So. Yeah, that one was crazy. I love yeah. that. I love wow, that. yeah, it's part of history now, unfortunately, too. So like, yeah, last ones ever. All right, uh, favorite book. Favorite book. Actually, I just read a book that I'm really a big fan of. It's called uh, High Performance Habits. Oh, I think I've by heard Brenda Br- by Brenda Burchard. Okay. And I'm a really big fan. I'm after reading that, really big fan of him, and just like, um, and I'm a big fan of self help books and just things that you can just apply and like really use right away. And that's probably the best one I've read in a long, long time. Um, obviously, the there's another one really famous, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's a staple. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember my yeah my parents gave that to me before I went for college and that's a statement I think this the high performance habits it's it's like that book but like 10 times oh good we will yeah we'll recommend that in our next newsletter that sounds like actually our guys our crew would be totally into that uh all right uh two more quick ones um uh what famous person would you love to have dinner with living or dead past or present oh uh, I mean, okay, this sounds silly. Well, oh. I, guess, I mean, I'm a really big fan of Naomi Campbell. Oh. And just because she's like, I think she's just incredible in terms of like where she's come, the growth, the authenticity of her life um, and owning it, you know, yes. and letting it be a part of her story. And what she does for the world and like using her platform to really, um, you know, be a humanitarian. And, and live yeah. that fully and she's just gorgeous and beautiful and fierce yeah absolutely oh that's a great choice all right last one what what celebrity plays you in the the ridge davis movie when when that comes out i'm sure that's inevitable oh so who's, who, who's who's gonna play you? who do you want to play you um i don't even know oh my gosh um i'm glad nobody's ever asked me that question in my life because i have no idea what i would say yeah um I don't know. Well, people, he's not an actor, but people have told me that I look like um, the news correspondent. What's his name? Don Lemon. Oh, Don Lemon. I love Don Lemon. That's good. Yeah. People uh, have told uh, me like before, like, oh, you look like him. I was like, okay. Thanks. There you go. Um, if but yeah. If, if it's a straight documentary, then it'll be Don Lemon, right? Like, you know, if, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, if it's like a theatrical fiction release, it'll have to be somebody else. But Don Lemon can yeah. do that. I like that. <laughs> Hey, you're you're the best. Thank you so much. And uh, as I said, we're 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 milking you for free advice and info here. And uh, no, for sure. Ho- hopefully, this turns into hundreds of uh, you know thousand dollar an hour engagements from our readers and listeners. So, yeah. but, but you're the best for doing this. Was this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. We'll, we'll be in touch again. I hope. All right. Thank you Hi, so Rich. much, guys. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye.